0: Well, 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 smelly, smelly, smell, smell. How are you today, ladies and gurgle gargons? This is Harlan Williams, and you are riding down the Harlan Highway with me, your host. I already said it, Harlan Williams. You want it again? Great, Harlan Williams. And it's important we say my name a lot today because something happened in the media that involves my name. Yeah, my name might be up for sale, and we're gonna talk about it. Yeah, this is the most weirdest, random thing, but we gotta talk about my name. Also, uh, we're gonna be taking some some letters from the listener mailbag today. Some some of you pavement pounders have written letters to the show, and we're gonna talk about them. And many of them in, in, involve a risk the risks we take in life, the risks we take in our jobs. And to kind of cap that session off, we have an expert calling in, a, uh, a gentleman who's a risk uh, manager and a risk assessment specialist. And he's going to be calling in towards the end of the show and talking to us about risk and risk-taking and and how it uh, swirls around us every day in our daily lives. I mean, it's a big risk just listening to this podcast. But here we go. This is the Harland Highway. I have an
1: announcement make You are about to go down the Harland Highway. Lock the door. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. You're riding down the Harlan Highway. So, who do I have to fuck to get off this phone? I can get you off. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. Ah, you're a cantaloupe. All right, hold tight on the Highway. Hard-
0: I'm big daddy. That's
1: why I'm a drunk. When I'm drunk, I can stand myself. Keep leaning on that tutor, Charlie, and you're gonna get a shot in the mouth. Act like a man! What's the matter with you? I wasn't really sure what was going on. You're listening to Harlan Williams. The rest is bullshit and you know it.
0: Okay, here we go. Let Let's kick it off with something very, very personal to me. So personal. Oh my god. Okay, what's the name of this podcast, right? The Harland Highway, okay? And where does the word Harland come from or the name Harland come from? Well, that's me, right? So I think we're all pretty, uh, you know, uh, proud of our names. Unless our parents name us like Fat Face or Buckethead or something like that. But our name is really the only thing we have our whole life that belongs to us. And and we get it almost from the day we're born till the day we die. It's on our gravestone. It's on a little wristband we have on our hand when we pop out into the world. So our name is the one constant that stays with us. It's not uh, something that needs to be printed on a piece of paper it's not a document, it's not a government form, it's just our name. We respond to the, to our names. What else do we have? I mean, we, you, you can't say nothing, you gotta say something. So uh, we have our names, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm going along through life, and my name is Harland, H-A-R-L-A-N-D, and I gotta be honest, it's a, it's a pretty obscure name. Growing up, I never met anyone named Harlan. Through the course of my life, I don't know if I've met another Harland with a D. There's a lot, there's a lot of Harlands, H-A-R-L-A-N. And I've met only a few. I, I shouldn't say there's a lot of Harlands. There's there's not. There's if there's there's not a ton of Harlands, or there's I think there's even less Harlan's, which is my name. And so. Um, I go through, I go through life and I don't bump into many Harlands. I don't think I've I've met any Harlands, maybe one or two. I can't remember, but they're rare. So I kind of like it. I kind of like it that I have a name that no one else really has, at least that I know of. But there's one guy my whole life that I've known has had my name, or maybe I've had his name because he's older than me. And it was kind of always a little bit of a badge of honor because it was a famous guy, and it's a famous guy you might not know had the name Harlan, but it's it's the guy who created Kentucky Fried Chicken, Colonel Saunders. His full name is Colonel Harlan Saunders. Right? So you know, I have that link to the fast food chicken guy. Hello, what do you got? <laughs> Um, so I always thought that was kind of cool, but that was pretty obscure too. Most people did not know that Colonel Saunders name was Harland. Um, but when you're born a Harland and you find out it sticks in your head, you're very aware of it, right? So now last week, KFC came out with this big announcement and I got all kinds of Twitters and social media hits. And here's the headline, KFC will give $11,000 to first baby born on September 9th who's named Harland. So now they're handing out money to be called Harland. And I'm thinking, I've spent a lot of money at KFC over my life. Maybe we should, uh, you know, you got to get a little payback now. I wouldn't be surprised if I've spent at least $11,000 at KFC in my life. God, you don't really think about that, do you? Hmm? If you broke down the dollars you spent at a, at a fast food joint during the, the course of your life, do the math on McDonald's. How much have we all spent? I wonder if they sit around there in the corporate boardroom. They must. All right, for every human being born in the United States of America, we can expect to collect a minimum of $60,000 from each human being over the course of 40 years, blah, 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 blah. I mean, that's a lot of money, man. So I figure, you know, KFC at least owes me eleven grand. But anyways, here's the story. KFC says if you have a baby on September 9th, Kentucky Fried Chicken might just give you $11,000, but KFC isn't giving any money away to just any baby. There are two big catches. Uh Uh-oh. First, you must name your precious baby Harland in honor of KFC's Colonel Harland Saunders. Second, your baby must be the first Harland born in America on September 9th. Oh, I see. So they're not just handing out to every kid. they It's got to be the very first baby. It's kind of like you ever hear these New Year's babies. It's like, oh, the first baby born, um, 1984. It rated one second after midnight. He's a New Year's baby. So I guess this is like a chicken baby, a fried chicken baby, which sounds gross. So if you I mean how do you document that? I I'd, I'd go have, I'd give birth rate right at KFC. Like I'd find a 24-hour one. I'd walk in with my wife and say, "Honey, get up on the counter." Yep. "Hold it. Don't put Hold on to it. Squeeze. It's almost It's almost midnight, honey. Hold on to it just a little longer. Can I get a coleslaw and a family bucket while we're waiting?" "Hold on, baby. Breathe. Breathe. Breathe." Yeah, some coleslaw and some extra biscuits. Yes. Breathe, breathe, no, regular, not not spicy, yes. Uh, breathe, okay, it's a, one minute after. Push, 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 push. Can we get some gravy? Yes. I mean, that's what I'd do to make sure I won the 11K. I'd walk in there with a pregnant wife. I'd order all this food. I'd say, oh, you know what, we're not going to be paying. Uh, at midnight, we're going to squirt out a baby right at the table here. So uh, just, just give us some free chicken while we're here, okay? Um, so here's the, here's the deal. The first baby born whose legal name is Harlem between midnight and 11 59 PM Eastern time on September 9th, we'll get an $11,000 college donation. Why 11? You might ask because KFC's 11 herbs and spices, of course. Oh, so there's a, there's a little secret hidden dealio in here. Okay. Okay, but wait a minute, 11 herbs and spices, then why don't they do it? Oh, I see, okay, his birthday's on September 9th, because I was going to say if there's 11 herbs and spices, why not do it on September 11th? That would be a bit weird. Yeah, we let, let's, let's all jump up and down for a Harlan chicken baby the same day that uh, the planes flew into the Twin Towers. How about that? Yeah, that's... That's not a good uh, promo. Cross promo. The uh, biggest attack on, on on American soil, where something like three thousand Americans died, and we're we're jumping up and down for a chicken baby named Harlan. for no way. Let's not cross that those wires. And it says if you're willing to gamble with your child's first name. The entry site will go live on September 9th and stay open for 30 days. Parents must submit submit name, date, and time of their baby's birth via certificate, hospital records, or other official records along with their contact information. Uh, KFC's baby naming promotion is held in honor of its founder, Colonel Saunders. It's his 128th birthday. See, now, if I knew my kid was going to live to be 128 if I named him Harlan, that would be the real prize. The fried chicken behemoth was displeased that the name Harlan ranked only 3,257th among the most common baby names in America. At that point, it would make it easier to include it among the least common names. Yes. Exactly. Now, see, here's where I'm getting rubbed a little bit. I kind of like it that it's an obscure name. I like it that it's ranked way down there. I like it that I'm not a Bill or a Larry or a Bob or a John. My parents, for whatever reason, they're not the wackiest parents. You know, you'd think someone who named their kid Harlan back in the 60s. You know, and my parents weren't hippies or any They're pretty straight laced. Harland's a kind of way out there name. It's it's as you just heard, it's not common. It's a little bit weird sounding. Harland, Harland, Harland. And my parents, who were always very conservative and straight laced, you know, gave me that name. It's a little odd. Um, but I, I I ended up liking it. You know, when I was a kid, it was a little bit tough because. You know, all the other kids at school had normal Lisa and Barbara and David and Michael and John and Larry and Peter and Carol and Kelly and Harland and all the kids were what what was that? What? You know, kids still weren't used to weird oddball names yet when you're when you're in grade school what, what's a Harland what Howland Holland How? Harley? What is it? Like people just, you know, even now they're still a bit confused by it. And so when I was a kid, it was a little bit disconcerting. It was a little bit embarrassing. Sometimes when you'd be out at a party or you're meeting someone and they asked your name, it was like a little, sometimes it could be weird to say. But then as I got older and you started to, you know, figure out life a little bit, And you realize there's a lot of conformity in the world and in your life. And we all kind of get put into the program and kind of, you know, kind of get a little bit brainwashed to kind of strive and do and, you know, act out the same lives as everyone else. Having a bit of an oddball name uh, felt good. You know, I enjoy my name. I like it that I have a different name. For now, but apparently now there's gonna be like twenty billion like uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken Harlan babies running around. So, uh, so there you go, man. Just just a heads up if any of you are listening and you're pregnant, you know, if they're paying eleven thousand dollars to name your kid Harlan, how about I pay you eleven? $11,001 and just name your kid Harlan Highway. How about that? Would you do that for me? No? Okay, I didn't think so. But, you know, I, it's funny. It's like, you know, if if, if the fast food joints or, or commercial enterprises start getting in on the name game, is this going to open the door? Yeah, I'd like to you know, meet my son. Uh, this is a uh, Home Depot
1: and this is his little sister Arby's. And, uh, we're expecting a newborn in about a week. We've already picked out a name, a Little Baby Bed Bath & Beyond. I can't believe her. And, oh, we can't forget uh, our older son who's in college, Chick-fil-A. He's he's doing great. He's he's actually, he just had a kid. Uh, he just had a kid, Victoria's Secret. She's beautiful. Yeah, just wonderful kid. And, uh, well, actually, they had
0: twins, um... Yeah, one of them was uh, Walmart, little, little Walmart, Walmart Jr., you know. I mean, where, where does this end, gang? So there you go. I'm holding on to Harlan for now, but if there's too many of us, I will change my name to something else, you know. I've always wanted to be, like, uh, named something cool like uh, Taco Bell, you know, have a little ethnicity in my name. Hey, Taco Bell, what's up, man? Yeah, I'm doing all right, man. You know, I'm doing okay. You want to go to Wendy's? No, let's go to Taco Bell. I have a discount. Okay, that makes sense, man. Let's go. All right, so there you go. Harlan Williams. The man, the myth, the extra crispy.
1: Here we go. Let's dip into the
0: listener mailbag, boys and girls. Mm. Um, The only uh, podcast in the world that gets physical emails. Yeah, people hit uh, send an email and somehow I get a paper copy of it. I don't know how that works, but let's get into it. Lots of letters from you guys. Uh, Here's one from a gent named John Marcus. He says, wow. Aunt Ruthie was phenomenal and perhaps has the most foul mouth in history. Yes, she gets a little uh, blue. And I never heard you seem to be genuinely angry until you talked about your Tampa plane landing experience. Who says Canadians are always mellow and polite? Go Harlan. Yes, I I had a little run-in at the Tampa airport with the uh, with the plane people and uh, and it was a, it was a crummy uh, situation. in fact Raj didn't we get a couple of letters on on this I did I did a segment about Harlan's pissed off and the whole segment was about me and and getting stuck at the Tampa airport because they wouldn't let us off the plane because uh, there was lightning in the area. And every t- every time there was a lightning strike within ten miles, they sh- they stopped the, the airport. They shut it down. What? There is another letter, right? I thought so. Okay, well let's let before I go on with this, let's just read the other letter and then we'll bundle them together. Uh, okay, here it is. Uh, this is a letter from Scott, and Scott says, uh, subject: Airport workers. Scott says, I find it extremely annoying when you complain on your podcast about airport workers not working when there's a chance of lightning strikes in the area. When you have such an incredibly privileged life and lifestyle. How about getting a job at the airport and experiencing a few lightning strikes nearby while you are working and see if you think safety should be a priority. Do you realize how ridiculously absurd you sound? Or were you purposely being obtuse to be funny? Thank you, he says, says Scott, although his his letter sounds a little angrier than my rant. <laughs> well, Scott, thank you for your letter. I appreciate your your honesty, but let me address it. Let me let me address the uh, letter previously where the previous letter, the 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 listeners seem to get that, yes, Scott, I am purposely being obtuse to be funny. So so when I do the pissed off segments, I find things that piss me off. And for effect, for comedic effect and for anger effect and for to be entertaining, I amp it up. I, 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 I expand on the anger. I blow it out of proportion. I... I go big, as they say, Scott. I go big. Because that's kind of the joke of it, that it's something that shouldn't make someone super furious, but I like like blowing it out so that it sounds like it's the end of the world. And so I think you got that, but at the same time, I can tell you're also... Maybe you are an airport worker, or maybe you're sympathetic to airport workers, or maybe you do a job that's a high-risk job. I don't know. But I can tell you were, you were irritated and mad at my kind of reaction to being on an airplane uh, stuck on the tarmac after a six-hour flight with screaming kids two seats in front of me, and I'm at an international airport in the lightning s- capital of the planet, and they've got a policy that if there's a lightning streak within 10 miles, they shut the whole airport down. If you want to go hear that rant, it's a few podcasts back, but it was a very silly policy. And my, my, I maintained that every job has an element of risk, And and if you're going to put an airport in the middle of a lightning zone, Okay, if there's lightning, like, right above you or nearby, fine, but 10 miles is a long... Have you ever driven 10 miles, ladies and gentlemen? Have you ever walked 10 miles? Have you ever tried to even see 10 miles when you're up on top of a hill? It's a long way. And it it plays into that whole, you know, the government and and institutions. uh, Everyone's so worried about lawsuits in this freaking country that realistically it should be within a, t- you know, a mile or two there's a lightning strike. That's reasonable. Ten miles? Why don't I just make it a hundred miles? If, if there's lightning within a hundred miles, shut down a whole international airport where millions of people travel through every day. And we'll make them late for their connecting flights and we'll, we'll disrupt the whole system. And by the way, did I mention we're in the lightning capital of the planet where there's a lightning strike every 33 seconds? So Scott, yes, and 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 I I say to Scott, I, I say, how would you feel, Scott, if you were on that airplane, okay? If you had flown six hours stuck in a seat, you land in the plane. You're thirty feet. I'm telling you, we were thirty feet from the from the little gate that comes out and attaches to the plane. Thirty feet, okay. And you know these airplanes are so cheap once you land or once they they shut the AC off, they shut the heater off. They, they just make you suffer. And then as I said in my bit there was there was two hyperactive children. It was not a pleasant experience. So I say to you, Scott, how would you feel? Would you want to sit there? Do you think it's a good policy when you're irritated and tired and hot and and bothered? And by the way, they said they were going to bring the plane in like five, six times and then there was a lightning strike nine, ten miles away and they, they couldn't go 30 feet. So I said in my bit to Scott, and I don't know if he missed it or not, but I said, look, every job you do in life, there's a risk factor. If you're a lumberjack, which I was, by the way, there is a risk of a tree falling on you. If you were a bus driver or a taxi driver there's a risk you'll have a car accident. If you work at Home Depot there's a risk something could fall on you. If you work on a bridge there's a risk you could fall off the bridge. There's there's risks everywhere. But that doesn't we don't stop working. We don't we don't tell people, "Oh, there's a 3 mile an hour wind on the bridge today. Everybody sit inside for an hour." And so, uh, and so, yeah, I think I have the right to be irritated, Scott. I think you would have been irritated if you were sitting there after six. Would you just be sitting there smiling and happy and thinking this whole lightning and moving 30 feet and not being allowed to move every 15 minutes is a good idea? So, A, everything uh, has risk. Okay, and and I said in my bit, the risk of being hit by lightning is so minimal, you'd probably have a better chance of winning a lottery ticket, jumping in the ocean, getting attacked by a shark, and getting rabies than getting hit by lightning. Okay? And even though I was goofing around with my anger on, on the bit that I did, here's something that does get me angry, Scott, since you want some real anger well it's not real anger but it did it did get my hairs up in your letter quote when you have such an incredibly privileged privileged life and lifestyle well you know what scott i don't have a privileged lifestyle you know what i have i have an earned lifestyle yeah i'm not privileged nobody handed me anything i wasn't a uh, a trust fund baby You know what I did? You want to talk about risk, Sean? I took every cent I owned when I was in my late, mid to late 20s. I took every penny out of my bank. I drained my bank from Canada. I moved down to the United States and I said, I am going to go, go, go until I'm penniless. And if I don't make it, I'm going to go back. And I was down to my last, like, $2,000 that I had to my name before things started happening for me. But let me just tell you, once things started happening t- for me, they just didn't happen because I came down here. There was there was a good 10 years before I came down here where I worked my ass to the bone. I would almost like to see if you could come back in, in into my life... And do the work and put in the time and take the risks that I took and see if you could survive it. Many of my friends in, in that I know in Hollywood and around call me the hardest working guy they've ever met. And I've taken so many risks. I've put in so many hours and days and months. And I've done jobs that weren't easy. I worked out in the bush. I was a lumberjack. I was a canoe guide. I was a fish and wildlife guy. I took a risk in Hollywood. I've had to struggle. I've had to hammer my way through hundreds and thousands of people trying to get the parts that I got in movies and TV shows and comedy clubs and yada. You think it just fell in my lap? Do you think I was privileged? Dude. You would probably wear out and die if you tried to keep up with what I've done in my life. And I'm not being cocky. I'm not, I'm not puffing my chest. I'm just giving you the reality. There is nothing in my life that is privileged. I earned, earned everything in my life. And I don't look at my life like that. I don't look at like, oh, privileged, ooh, lifestyle. I just look at it as I, I do I do my work. I try to do it as good as I can. And, and the rewards that come from it are more than monetary. Believe me. So I don't know what privileged and lifestyle have to do with me sitting on a plane being annoyed. You, you could be work at 7-Eleven. You could be a billionaire. You could be a farmer. You could be a, 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 a fisherman. It doesn't matter, man. Lifestyle and and privilege doesn't play into being stuck on a plane with an airline and an airport that has a ridiculous policy and there's stupid, loud, annoying, hyper kids yelling and everyone's getting mad. I wasn't the only one on the plane irritated, Scott. You're making it sound like I was sitting there being a prima donna. I wasn't. Everyone was upset everyone was mad and grumbly and irritated don't you get it that's why I say Scott if you were on the plane what would you do buddy six hours from California to Florida you finally land you pull up to the gate you're 30 feet 30 feet you could see the thing it was right there and a little light the skies above us were clear but in the distance there was storm clouds. And every now and then you'd see a little, thing. whoops, ladies and gentlemen, we just saw it about 9.8 miles away. We just saw another uh, little lightning flash. We're going to sit here for another, uh, protocol says we have to sit here for 15 minutes to 20 minutes. uh, Because I'm not really sure why, because lightning happens in a split second. But maybe, uh, you know, it cools off and it's still up there. It's angry and it's... uh, you know, that's the other thing. What what what's their theory about lightning? It goes off. What is it? Is it like a machine gun? There's there's twenty other ones behind it. Usually, if, if you ever watched an, an electrical storm? Usually, when there's lightning, it's like, oh, there goes the lightning, and then it's like beat 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 beat. It's quiet for a bit, and then another one builds up. So, anyways, buddy, don't be mad at me. I won't be mad at you, but. Be honest, man. If you were sitting on that plane, you'd be just as pissed. And so, A, to answer your question, the rants are designed to be a little theatrical, okay? So I do, I do juice it up. B, it's a dumb policy. Whether I'm a homeless guy or I'm a freaking billionaire, it's a dumb policy. I don't want anyone to get hurt at the airport. But every single job, everything you do in life, has an element of risk. If we shut everything down because there was risk, nothing would get done. They wouldn't wash windows. They wouldn't paint roads. They wouldn't drive trains. They wouldn't—they wouldn't even fly airplanes. You think there's not lightning up in the sky? Maybe that's the first choice, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we just saw lightning up in the sky. We're gonna stay down. Um. And then lastly, don't hang the privilege and lifestyle thing over me, man. It's it's not it's not that. It's 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 earned. And I hope you earn it. I hope anybody earns it. That's what's great about this country. You can go out and earn any lifestyle you dream of. But man, you got to work, buddy. You got to work. It ain't a privilege. It's a grind. And uh, if you enjoy your work like I do, I love my work. It's a great grind. I, I, it inspires me. I love it. And there you go. So great letters. I, th- that one took a lot longer than I thought, so I think we'll kind of keep the mailbag short today. Whew. And uh, Scott got me all fired up. But I appreciate your letter, Scott. Thank you. I, I, hope, I hope my answer illuminates you. I'm not trying to be combative. I'm not trying to say you're wrong and I'm right or whatever, but I, I hope I illuminated you to... My point of view and my kind of my counter to what your uh, letter said, and I hope you understand where I'm coming from, and uh, it resonates with you. Uh, but thank you, I appreciate I appreciate all letters, criticisms, but you know I'll always give a fair rebuttal. Also, like praise, like here's here's another letter, Harland. I think you're very sexy. You have a beautiful body. Your face reminds me of a young Brad Pitt. You are one of the most sexual and beautiful people I ever have seen. Why don't you model? And why aren't you on the cover, you gorgeous sec? Okay, I'm making that one up. Scott, see? Scott, I made that letter up. Because I'm privileged. I'm privileged to have a podcast where I can make whatever up I want. Privileged lifestyle. Scott. (laughs) All right, me and Scott might have to go for a beer one day. I feel like we had a little fight, but we buried the hatchet. Um, If you want to write to me, you can write to me at harlandwilliams.com, and uh, I will uh, read your letter. I don't know if it'll make it into the mailbag, but I read them all. And you can also phone me if you're too lazy to write, if you're too privileged, if you have too much of a privileged lifestyle to... To even sit down and write, you could pick up your phone and have your your butler hold the receiver while you talk. Uh, The number for the Harland Highway Hotline, 323-739-4330. That's 323-739-4330. And it rings about six or seven times before the machine kicks in. So be patient and uh, let us know what you think. It's a privilege. It's a lifestyle. All right, Rog, wrap it up. Let's move on to something else. Uh, thank you for your letters. Until next time, that's it for the Harland Highway Listener Mailbag.
1: Another letter from our Listener's day.
0: Well, so there you go. A little uh, hold on. Yeah, Roger's, Roger's holding up a card there in the behind the glass. What is it? A risk management con- consultant guy? Oh. He's calling in. Okay. Who is this though? Sid Carter? Okay, he runs a company risk risk management and assessment specialist. Okay, that I, I, why don't we take this call because You know, we were talking about risk and and, uh, work and stuff like that. So who better to kind of walk us through that kind of thing than this gentleman uh, on the phone? We've never had him on the show, have we, Raj? No. Okay, put him through. Sid Carter. Hello, uh, Sid, are you there? Hello, Mr. Williams. How are you today? Uh, Great, Sid. Uh, Thank you for calling. We actually had a little bit of a testy... uh, exchange here with one of our listeners uh,
1: i know i know i could hear it believe me i could hear it it was uh i can understand the the aggravation and the sensitivity in, in your listener there and uh you know he's he's uh he's juiced up he's juiced up
0: well he, he was a little juiced up and maybe you can help uh help us you know sort this out the whole risk management risk assessment type of thing this sounds like this is what you do for a living sir
1: yeah yeah that's right Mr Williams I a uh I'm a risk uh, assessment and a risk manager uh, person and uh you know short form uh, assessment uh, ass and uh, manager man I'm a risk ass man is what they call me Oh,
0: okay. A risk ass man.
1: Assistant and manager. You know, short form. It's this business jingo. It's bring lingo jingo. We talk about that. You know, when you meet clients, you you know, time is money, Mr. Williams. And so you just you abbreviate things. So uh, risk assessment, risk management. You cut them down. Ass for assistant and uh, man for manager, and you got yourself a risk ass man, so to speak
0: okay uh, all right fair enough uh let's dive into this then uh what 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 do we say to people that 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 want to take a job but there's risk associated with the job uh where do we start well mr
1: williams you know i was listening to your podcast and you made a very clever point you're a very clever man
0: well thank you uh thank you so much said
1: you're very welcome and uh, point well taken. That in every profession there is an element of risk. Let me let me just tell you. Can I tell you a little backstory that I have?
0: P- please do, sir.
1: At, at one point in my career, before I was a uh, an ass man, I used to be. A, a custodian for a large office building and i had to circulate throughout the whole building mr williams i was in the elevator shafts i was in the men's bathrooms i was in the women's bathrooms i was on the in the basement i was in the, behind the furnace i was up on the up the top floor the the office you name it i was everywhere okay
0: yeah okay got it
1: and every single floor I was on, I mean, there was a shiny floor that I buffed or polished. I could have, I, there were times when I slipped. One time I hurt, hurt my my, uh, my hip, you know. There's a time when I fell, it's like walking on ice when you buff a, a shiny floor in a hallway, you see. So I fell once, hit my head. What am I supposed to do? I'm a custodian. I wear a hockey helmet around in the office building. I don't think so, you know.
0: I got you. So there was a, there's an element of, of risk you you can hurt yourself you know how
1: many doors i walked into mr you ever you,
0: you ever tackle a revolving door on a windy day the
1: office building out a revolving door it was like walking into a uh I have a helicopter
0: propeller for god's sake well there you go i think you're you're making my point that that everywhere you go everything you do
1: i'll never forget one time i was in the women's bathroom and i was taking a dump And one of the women came in and uh, she pulled the door open, you know, and I'm standing there. Holy crap, you know, I stand up and I was in the middle of urinating, you know, normally a man stands to urinate. I was taking a dump and I stood up and I sprayed everywhere and I, you know, I was fumbling to pull my pants up and I slipped on my urine, hit my head on the toilet and, uh, you know, I was, uh, maybe I had a concussion, I don't know but uh, i started wandering around uh, i burst out of the women's bathroom with my pants hanging around my ankles and i'm you know wandering through the hallways and half naked I, you know I'm, I'm i'm sitting on people i'm touching i'm i'm i think uh, you know may, maybe i kissed a few people
0: whoa okay
1: but you see this is all part of the risk you know, I didn't know someone was going to come in. You know, I'm a janitor. I got access to the ladies' room. The, the bathrooms are a little nicer. They're a little cleaner. So I squatted down. To-
0: we, we got it, sir. We, we got it. I, I, you know, it's, it's a little unorthodox, but I, I guess I understand.
1: And so, uh, you know, anything can happen. And so uh, when you're out there in the field, whether it's lightning or it, it, it's water on the floor... I mean, I saw a thing on YouTube the other day, Mr. Williams, where a nice lady was uh, working at the uh, the McDonald's drive-thru, and uh, someone went apeshit on her, and uh, they didn't have some chicken McNuggets cooked, you know? They didn't have them ready, and all of a sudden, uh, some crazy white trash uh, trailer park whore jumps out of a car and grabs the drive-thru chick, pulls her through the window, and starts pummeling her, you know? I mean, what, what kind of life is the world are we living in when you're getting your face bashed in for uh, chicken nuts?
0: Yeah, I think I saw that video. I think that, that was, like, horrific.
1: And so who goes to work at McDonald's at the drive-thru thinking today's the day I get my fat face punched in over chicken nuggets, right?
0: Well, I don't know if she had a fat face, but I get your point. You see what I'm saying? So
1: there's an element of risk to everything you do. And, and so we've got to appreciate that, and we got to understand that people aren't going to get up out of bed in the morning. By the way, if I could tell another little story, Mr. Williams.
0: Please do. I, I, I think you're, you're making some good points here. Thank you very much. Sir. Well, I'll never
1: forget, I was at a Motel 6. I was on a conference up in a place called Bakersfield, California, small town, medium-sized town. And, uh, you know, they put me up at the Motel 6, and, uh, you know, I got it. Sometimes I'm out on the road, I get a little lonely, and I wandered over to the Applebee's. It was happy hour, Mr. Williams, you understand it. Okay, fair enough. And uh, as fate would have it, you know, I had a few drinks, closing time, and I picked up a local skag, who was, uh, you know, kind of
0: the last
1: uh, gargoyle at the bar at night.
0: Well, you know, sir, I think we get it. Sometimes there's people wait for the, 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 the lights to go up. And
1: and I kind of wish the lights hadn't come up on this pound puppy, you know. But anyways, I, I get this skag, and I'm three tits to the wind, Mr. Williams. And I, you know, pretty much had to lure her back to uh, my hotel room with a bag of curly fries from Arby's. I mean, this... This chick was like a beached whale looking for a, for a hamburger stand at uh, Devil ha- Hasselhoff's fucking uh, barbecue or something, you know?
0: Uh, okay, so you took a local girl. I got her
1: back to the Motel 6, and, you know, I ain't doing nothing these days without a condom. You want to talk about risk, Mr. Williams? Try uh, riding the, the sexual choo-choo train in this day and age between SARS and AIDS and the Zika virus and Ebola. I mean, you know, you put your uh, Tommy Knocker into a hole these days, and you you might as well go to a fairground and shove it into one of those haunted houses. You don't know what kind of monster you're going to get on your meat.
0: Whoa, 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 sir! I, I get it. You're you're going a little graphic here. Well, um, you know, when you when you're trying to
1: describe risk. You don't pull your punches, okay? You risk risk is what makes the world go round. And so I'm, I'm trying to drive that point home here to you and your listeners.
0: Okay, can we just cut ahead? You went to the Motel 6. So I had this local skag, and I... Sir, if you could not refer to her as a skag, this is a woman from Bakersfield.
1: Well, if you want, you know. Okay, she was a woman, air quotes, woman from Bakersfield. You know, how many letters is Skag from woman? I think it's uh, there's only like a three-letter difference. Sir! So anyways, we, uh, you know, we get back to the uh, the Motel 6 and, uh, you know, we rip the clothes off and holy God, I mean, you know, I gotta tell you, Mr. Williams, have you ever seen a muffin top?
0: Yes, I've seen a muffin top. You yeah, well,
1: how about a whole fucking ice cream birthday cake top? Have you ever seen that? I mean... This chick's fat rolls were hanging over her waistline like water going over an overflowing bathtub. I mean, it was just unbelievable.
0: Okay. Sir, you're at, you're at the Motel 6. What is the risk thing here?
1: I told you, Mr. Williams, there's risk and everything, so I wasn't going to risk, you know, not putting a condom on the, uh, you know, the
0: giant narwhal, as I call it. The giant narwhal. You know what I'm talking about. I really don't, sir, but please continue.
1: So I'm not going to do anything with a, you know, a Bakersfield skag without putting, a, you know, some rubber around the uh, sausage. And uh, so here we go. Uh, you know, we're, we're slamming so hard the bedboard went through the drywall and hit the people in the next room in the head. I mean, we woke them right up. Sir, what? We had aggressive sex, which is risky, but that's not where the story goes, if I could finish. Uh, Okay. So we're banging like a couple of dolphins trapped in a fish tank at PJ's Pet Center, you know what I'm saying? Not really. I'm saying it was hot, it was tight, it was smelly, and I don't know what those noises were coming out of her, you know what, but it sounded like someone had a nest of owls that were, uh duct tape to the side of a ceiling fan. Sir! So we finish up, and you know how it is. You ever heard of Afterglow after you've made love? Well, we finish up. I pull the rubber out. It's almost smoking because this, I don't know when the last time this skag got uh, her ravioli rolled over, you know? Sir! And, uh, you know, I, I, I drop to the mattress, and I let the condom fall to the floor, Okay? It's on the floor. It looks like a snake just went through the Motel 6 and shedded its skin. Okay? And I fall asleep. You know how it is after you've had a good, like, gargoyle shagging. You just you pass out like a drunk at the back of an, a, a Denny's after they just cleaned out the dumpster, you know?
0: Sir, okay, so you fell asleep and the condom was on the floor. So I forget about it. I wake
1: up in the morning, I turn, the birds are singing, there's light pouring through the window. I slowly turn my head over, and I see this skag that I picked up at Applebee's. Sir? And my God, she turned around and looked at me, and I thought the fucking cowardly lion from The Wizard of Oz was in my bed, except it got hit by a truck, and a pug fucked its face. Sir?
0: Where is this going?
1: I'm trying to keep it on the risk assessment here because that's what I do. I'm a risk-ass man. You've said that. Now, what happened? Well, I got so scared by this Frankensteinish freak, you know, and I, I was like, I made uh I made hunker hunk of hunk burning love to that monster. I mean, you know, call the Discovery Channel and find me the guy that does that show River Monsters because this one's got more teeth than Godzilla after a day at the orthodontist, you know? Sir! So I go flying out of the bed. Guess what happened, Mr. Williams?
0: What happened, sir?
1: I put my bare foot right on the used condom from the night before. Okay. Have you ever been to a clown show at the circus? Have you ever seen the skit where the clown pretends to slip on the banana peel and goes tits over backwards and lands on his back? Okay, yes. Yeah. Well, I volunteer this, and any scientist out there who's listening who wants to disprove my theory, I, I go so far as to say that a used condom after it's been in an Applebee's skag all night is 50 times more slippery than a banana peel and probably 100 times more slippery than a moray eel from the bottom of the deepest tank over at SeaWorld. How about that?
0: Sir! Good Lord! What happened, and then can we clean this up?
1: Well, I went tits over backwards like a clan at the at the bottom of my belly Bailey Circus. I flew up in the air. I squirted off that used condom like a... Like a seal flying off the ice after a pot of killer whales just bit its tits off. Are you kidding? Sir! And now here I am. I'm in the middle of the air. It's like everything went into slow motion. And I look over, and here's Gorgonzola Sally over there. She's staring at me. And guess what? She's still eating the curly fries from the night before. Can you believe this shit? They're hanging out of the top of her lips. It looks like she's got fangs like a North Korean werewolf or something. Sir! So I hit the floor, bang, cracked four vertebrae, and so the point I'm making... What is the
0: point you're making?
1: The point I'm making, going back to your listeners, is there is risk in everything. There is risk in being a janitor. There is risk in working at an airport. There is risk driving a cab. And yes, there's even risk making love to a midnight Bakersfield drunk skag. Sir! And I rest my case, Mr. Williams. I'm going to leave it there because I, I, think, I think it's important that people understand no matter what they do in life, no matter what they're engaged in, whatever the profession, whatever their hobby, there is risk. And so to dance around it and be a hoity-toity and uh, do things like shut down airports and close malls, and it, 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 you know the whole world would grind to a standstill. And we—I don't think we want that.
0: Well, the, there's the point I was looking for, right at the end.
1: And that's what I do. I'm uh, as I told you, I'm an ass man.
0: <sighs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. Especially up in Bakersfield.
1: What? what wait. What? What does that mean exactly?
0: No, it was just a cheap joke.
1: See? Now, I knew there was a risk coming on this podcast. They told me not to do it because it's such a piece of living shit, and they they said you'd make fun of me.
0: I'm not making fun of you, and it's not a piece of shit. This is a very reputable podcast, and I took a risk putting you on the show, sir.
1: Well, I took a risk going over to your sister's house and plowing her in the face while she's bent over the couch. Uh, Pardon me, sir? You heard me, you greased-up, sucking sea cucumber, sea-chugumba-fucking-dildo-monster. Go eat a fucking bag of chips with your asshole.
0: Whoa! What the hell? Eat a bag of chips. Roger! go, Go to a commercial. We'll be right back. Unbelievable!
1: Fresh is a walk through the woods on an early spring morning. Fresh is a gentle breeze that takes you by surprise. Fresh is simple with Summer's Eve, the most convenient disposable dish you can buy. This exclusive one-piece unit means there's nothing to assemble and it's available in two fragrances or vinegar and water. The solution doctors recommend. With Summer's Eve, freshness has never been simpler.
0: (sighs) All right so we went from risk assessment to summer's eve whatever let me uh let me tell you about something that's coming up uh we're in september now can you believe it we're like september october november four, we're in the we're in the last like quarter of the year man it's so scary september october november december Dudes, the years are just flying past. What are we... What is happening? Um, But anyways, uh, since it's September, I have a a great comedy gig coming up. Uh, September 13th, 14th, and 15th, if you live up in Canada, or even if you live in the States and you want to make your way up to Calgary, Alberta, Canada... September 13, 14, 15, yours truly. I'm going to be up there with one of my best buddies, Tom Green, from MTV, Tom Green, and we're going to be doing a show together at the Blackfoot Inn. It's a comedy club in Calgary, Alberta, and uh, it's rare that you get two headliners working together, but it's the club's like 30th anniversary, and they wanted to bring two of the uh, good old Canadian boys in to celebrate. So they asked me and Tom to do a double header and man, it is going to be a blast, a blowout, a riot. We are going to have fun. So get your tickets to, uh, the laugh stop at the Blackfoot Inn, September 13, 14 and 15. I'm, I'm pretty sure that one's going to sell out. So don't be disappointed. Go to harlandwilliams.com. Get your tickets online. Reserve them now. Don't mess around, man. Don't mess around, player. Um, and uh, let's do this. Let's do this thing. Um, and then later in the fall. Oh, I can't believe I even said fall. Uh, I'll be in Spokane, Washington. On October 18, 19, and 20 at the Spokane Comedy Club. And then in November, I'll be at the Tacoma Comedy Club in Washington, Tacoma. And then I'll be in Irvine, California at the Improv in November, 15, 16, 17. So some good good dates coming up, and I hope we see you there, man. Go to harlemwilliams.com while you're there. Check out the comedy page. Also check out our store. We've got all kinds of cool merchandise for you to buy, um, including my uh, comedy downloads and uh, T-shirts and CDs and music and you name it, man. It's all there. It's all there, baby um what else you can write me as i told you at harlemwilliams.com or if you want to leave me a voicemail 323-739-4330 323-739-4330 always love to hear from you oh so sweet um and that's it man i hope you had a great great summer hope you had a lot of fun a lot of good memories Uh, As you know, I didn't go to Burning Man this year. Last three years, I've gone to Burning Man, so I don't have any stories for you this year. I did not go this year. Do I regret it, to be honest? Yeah, I do regret it. I missed it a lot. I was like, I was kind of bummed. I thought, I'll take a year off, give it a rest. And I was like, man, you get a rest in between years, like in between the event. It's only one week every year you get. So now it's like two years till I'm going again, you know, like because I missed this year. So next year, unless something big happens, I'm gone, man. Um, and, uh, and that's it. Um, I'm going to have an announcement very soon about the second season of Puppy Dog Pals. And dig this. Yours truly is even starting to work on another animated series. For another network, a little hint, I can't say anything yet, but oh my God, could there be more than Puppy Dog Pals out there in the universe from yours truly? We're working on it. You'll see. I'll have announcements about that soon. But for now, coming up, uh, I'll let you know when season two of Puppy Dog Pals begins. Let's just say we're getting close, okay? Okay. Oh, I just sipped my, my delicious seltzer water. Um, so that's it. We'll wrap it up for today. Thank you for being here, everybody. Have a, uh, a great fall. And uh, until next time, chicken chow mein,
1: baby! Is 50 times more slippery than a banana peel. And probably a hundred times more slippery than a
0: moray eel from the bottom of the deepest tank over at SeaWorld. How about that?